Hey, this is Charlie. Welcome to Above the Cloud. So this episode continues the analyst conversation we started last week, and it was running a little long, so I decided to split it into two podcasts. In the first half, one of the things we talked about was share of ear, which something that emerged from the uh, conversation we had at the Place Conference with Eric Hadley from iHeartMedia, the whole notion that you know the, the share of a consumer's ear during the course of a day is a, the new battleground. And we moved that conversation forward in this episode with a conversation about hearables, which are the devices that are really going to take that whole share of ear opportunity and optimize it. So we get into that, we get into 5G a little bit, and then we uh, have a few diversions thanks to Neil Polichek. So we hope you enjoy this very short and treadmill-friendly podcast. Thanks. Let's talk about what exactly hearables are, because I assume it's more than just Bluetooth uh, earbuds, because we all have them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what does hearables it, mean? It, it builds on what we were just talking about, share of ear, the fact that there are more and more people wearing things like AirPods all day long. Um, and, and the other kind of macro factor there that I think is important is that smartphones are maturing, as we all know. Um, the iPhone, for example, in Q3 lost, it was 3.5 billion year over year. But if you look at Apple's like wearables division, which includes AirPods and Watch, it was you know five point five point five billion in revenue. So that's just one signal that a lot of companies are looking at, including Amazon, including Microsoft, that wearables and hearables could leapfrog or at least build upon the install base of smartphones. So we wrote recently about both of those players, Amazon and Microsoft, who both within the last month have come out with wireless earbud type product. Amazon, for example, is doing something interesting where it's seeing a window where it failed to get that direct touch point with consumers through the Fire Phone. And now it sees this kind of growth in hearables and wearables as something to do that. And that touch point, that all day touch point with users is really the point because when you're kind of out and about, if you have that touch point, you can better be in front of users. So for Amazon, that's, you know, driving commerce. For Microsoft, their new earbuds are about inter smart integrations with things like MS Office where you can do forward slides and do, you know, sleek things through that. So it's basically each of these companies want to just have their core product positioned with a more direct touch point to consumers through this just, you know, direct right in your ear type of modality. Um, and I think that your question about like, is this just, you know, what, what's different than that and just earbuds where you have music or phone calls. And I think the model there is what Bose is doing with a lot of its hardware, where it's actually putting all of these sensors where it can tell if you're turning your head, it can tell the direction you're walk walking. It's an accelerometer, it's a magnometer, compass, all of these things. And then on top of that, they are providing an SDK to developers to then build apps on that that can tap into all of those sensors. So for example, there's uh, an app for Bose AR, which essentially lets you, when you're on a golf course, be able to get key information when you're like on the fairway, how many yards you are. There, there's like meditation apps, there's all kinds of things. But the point is, I like to think of it as like earbuds today are like the iPhone one when all you could do was like browse the web and phone calls. But when they open it up, and I believe Apple will do this just like it did with tvOS and iOS as a developer platform to build these kind of like nuanced audio types of apps that like speak to you in you know textured or intelligent ways so, so if you have a fitness app now uh mm -hmm. that gives you like little video workouts it'll instead it'll sort of coach you through through the audio yeah but the difference is that exists now but then you have to be like okay i hit stop because i'm taking a break it knows when you're doing lunges how many you've done it counts it it's like right, that kind right. Of so there's all the, the all the it's sort of like um 
it's the app plus the Fitbit sort of. But yeah, it's, it's, it's the sensor bundle. Fitbit is probably a good metaphor, but in this way, it just, it, it brings it into audio content, which is easier to do in the background. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned the word AR and it, it relates to that. We all think of AR as this graphical overlay, but there are so many barriers for glasses, stylistically speaking, or holding up your phone like an idiot. This mm-hmm. is something that's very subtle and discreet because you're like a secret service agent that gets these like intelligent pings and right. no one knows. Um, and you can do that when you're on the train or in the car or in a meeting. And it's, you know, and I think the key point is that that hardware use case has been culturally accepted to just have those things in your ear all day. Yeah. Back, back with the old, um, the old uh, Star Trek Bluetooth things and, you know, when people walking and talking through airports, that was originally thought. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, and, but, and but, but leave it to order. Apple yeah. to, to build leave it to Apple to build something that is less geeky and like mainstream users will actually wear. Because you're right, that's been around for a while, but they were just kind of too robotic looking for mainstream markets. Well, they, it was kind of snickered at, I think. Yeah, but yeah. Now, I mean, the, the design, and I think design aesthetics are extremely important with this. Oh yeah, no, anything you're asking consumers to put on their face or on their head, yeah, you know, the quality bar is high. Yes, very much. I want to go back to wearables for a minute. I was in Des Moines at one of my um, local IQ growth lab events speaking to probably 40 small business owners, small business leaders. And I was stunned by the number of Apple watches. Mm -hmm. I sort of did a survey. And I also think that this notion of where the ear thing goes there, you know, Apple apparently is going to have a noise canceling version of the earbuds which i think is going to take it from sort of where it is into hyper growth because now i get the the benefit of noise canceling with all the stuff that you're talking about mike audio ar Uh, there's there's a tremendous amount of stuff and then i think as this massive generation shift of people, Charlie Sage and my age, you know, the baby boomers, your tail end, Charlie, it's okay. Yes, very um, much so. <laughs> but we're gonna need we're gonna need hearing devices and they're gonna yeah. need hearing yeah. and a and audio AR and listening all in one bundle, which is gonna yeah. be really fascinating. They could replace hearing aids and another kind of altruistic use case is helping the hearing impaired. Yeah. Now that these things can sense surroundings, like you could picture it working in tandem with like a lapel pin that's a camera and be able to tell people that are hearing impaired when to cross the street and things like that. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's really yeah. fascinating. Anyway, the point about Des Moines was we, you guys, you live in Chicago. We live on the West Coast. We think of Iowa as kind of a flyover state. They have Teslas there. They have an Apple store there. They're wearing Apple watches. You know, this is not uh, podunk, okay? No, well, everyone there can know. probably afford it because the cost of living, you know, they well, can- that's right. Yeah. yeah. $2.15 per gallon is $4.75 here for, per gallon. This yeah. woman said, you should come here, move here, Neil. You can leave here on the money mm-hmm. you save for the three months when it's really cold. You can go to Florida or Arizona. And you'll have to save money all day long. And Neil's yeah. stuck in his chin thinking, hmm. I, I yeah. was. It was nine <laughs> minutes. I'm actually going to write a blog post. It was nine minutes to the airport from downtown. Yep. Uh, well, this this sort of mid-sized city in the flyover country, so I hate that term, but there's increasing popularity with places like that because of all the reasons you stated. 
Right. And you which, could which be ruined by people from California, but that's another story. You could eat off the streets there. They were so clean. Yeah. It was, it was. Yeah. Well, that's, that's happened. It's, it's probably a higher tier city, but that's happened to Denver over the last five or six years where it's been an influx of Bay Area people who go there for a place that's just as cool to live, but like half the price. Or was anyway, half the so price, yeah. That was an observation about Des Moines. <laughs> okay, moving on. I don't know, Mike, was, was that sort of the, the, the gist of the wearables yeah. conversation? I think, yeah. I think How does this overlap with 5G? Because that's another area yeah. that was sort of a conversation that, you know, was sort of truncated a bit at, at place for time reasons. Yeah, it, it, so. it does relate. Um, I think that, you know, the one of the use cases I was talking about was having these textured, audible kind of indications. And I think that's going to be big in use cases of local discovery. And that's going to require like millimeter level precision of, you know, take a left here. The beer that you like is served on the gastropub coming up on the corner on your right. That kind of audible local discovery use case. I think 5G is going to, it's going to necessitate 5G. And because one of the, the things, more precise location targeting. More yeah. And I think just a quick background on 5G, a lot of people talk about it, but they rarely talk about the actual underlying technology, which is essentially a low range, high frequency signal. Um, so essentially what that means is it's a millimeter wavelength signal, but in practical terms, what that means is the base stations have to be densely clustered. So right today, we're used to cell towers that are like miles apart. These are going to need to be, you know, hundreds of meters or less apart. So you're going to have densely populated base stations in urban areas. And that's going to allow for not only because of the nature of the wave, uh, but also the base stations being clustered in that way allows for better triangulation. So now when you're in an urban area and you look down at that blue dot in Google Maps and it's off by like a half a block, with 5G, it's going to be like, you know, fixed right on like millimeter level accuracy. And I think that goes into several different directions in terms of local discovery use cases, whether they be visual or audible, but in this kind of like hearables use case in order for it to be precise and useful, I think it's going to require that 5G precision. Um, it also gets into all kinds of other topics that are relevant to what we were talking about with the location intelligence providers, like their ability to be able to track attribution and foot traffic. And, you know, you stop right in front of the Starbucks instead of like your dwell time being the place next door, those types of use cases. 5G will just kind of unlock a lot of that just basically due to its precision. So I may live in a unique place, but they're trying to prevent 5G in... Yeah, why is that? There's some environmental concerns. There, there's some things standing in the way. It's not... I mean, I just... I kind of like pointed out the, the positive sides there. There's an sure. equal like pessimistic side to 5G we can talk about. But sorry, is Neil, go into the... environmental side. have, have not conversation around it or is it, just, is it an environmental... I think it's more environmental. Yeah. It's health issues. They tie that to some health issues. And yeah. also like... Okay, so it's off by 20 feet today. Is so that really... Is it right? Is that big enough to matter? Do, I mean, is my life going to be that much better by being that yeah. much more precise? Will I as a consumer be that, that much better off? I think there's a whole nother place where this is interesting is, is in the whole uh, notion of, you know, sensors and all that stuff where, and I've talked about this before, where the HVAC guy, which is, you know, a big part of the local space that we talk about often, home services, where that guy knows that my heater is about to go out, not that it's gone out, but it's about to, he can call me and say, hey, Neil, you've got like three days left before that, uh, before the, uh, the air, the air pump or whatever, the motor goes out, can I come over and fix it? Before, 
getting called instead of getting called and me calling them and saying, Hey Joe, can you come over and fix my heater? It's out and it's, you know, 32 degrees. So there's a bunch of stuff there that, you know, is really yep. interesting. I just wonder, uh, I I'm, guess I'm playing devil to advocate on the 5G stuff. A, is it going to be that much more beneficial? And B, will these companies say they've put in 5G when it's really still the old technology? Even <laughs> my little phone says 5G something on it. I don't think there's a 5G tower here. Well, it's 5G. Well, okay. So is there going to be they, a, They've uh, got the carriers are nailed for you thing 5g in, in their marketing when it's not really true but but it the, the the point about like will this stuff be useful or at least enough useful for all the investment going into it i think the answer is no but what's going to drive it aren't these things we're talking about or which are more going to be byproducts what's really driving it in the carrier investments is going to be what david stoss talked about at the conference last week which is that really the carriers are going to be the beneficiary of this because of higher bandwidth low latency which is just going to inflect the data consumption they're similar to what we so they're saw. They're going to be able to sell more data, basically. They're going to disrupt the cable guys. Yeah, it, well, it's it's about a 100x speed difference over 4G. That's equivalent to the diff the jump we got from dial-up to broadband and DSL. And I think when you saw the data consumption at that point, how it inflected, um, you know, so we're, we're talking data plans, we're talking all kinds of residual income that they can get from that. So I think that's what's driving it. And then the byproduct is going to be all these kind of you know, IOT and location right. sensitivity, other things that we're talking about here. But don't the device manufacturers stand to gain a lot too because the smartphone replacement cycle has been very slow, right? And this has got to boost that tremendously, right? Like when so they're looking for ways. It's just like when flat screen TV started right. to mature. They were looking for all kinds of ways to increase the replacement cycle, like curved screens and, you know, um, but didn't 3D it, yeah, um, high def gimmicks like that. Really yeah. Hard. Yeah. Um, yeah but so high def actually ended up being a good one, but other things like curved screens and 3D right, and right. more of a gimmick. But those are but anyway, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the OEMs, the, the phone manufacturers are looking for just that. They're looking for ways to increase the replacement cycle, which used to be about 2.5 years. Now on average, it's up to about four because there's really no need to upgrade. I mean, the, the replacement, the upgrade cycles are so incremental in their feature enhancements that you don't really need to. Yeah, and I the am. phone's expensive now. You know, a 5G chip could be that impetus for an upgrade that will start to increase that cycle. So they, they like it. The, the phone manufacturers like this. Thanks for joining today. So one last thing before we go. The LSA 2020 conference is coming up fast. It's March 16th through the 18th in San Antonio. Why don't you go to locology.com slash LSA-20-20 for information on the event. We've got a great agenda. Hope to see you there. And see you next time on Above the Clouds.